We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends. Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo joining you as always, though it is late. It's a little after midnight on Saturday, December 9th. The Mavericks finished up playing an impossibly long game against the Portland Trailblazers that, that featured 755 fouls uh, and really some horrendous basketball. But they won 125 to 120. Josh just finished up writing a, a lengthy recap, um, which I assume has to mean you have a lot to say about this game. Uh, I don't know, because it was <laughs> – I, I think I just got maybe a little carried away because it really is just like a – you know, outside of the Kyrie injury, which we can get to later, I mean, it really is just the kind of game where you just you just take it and you, you move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure entirely how much to take away from it because the Trailblazers are – an, an awful team let's just you know just real bad English. yeah i mean and the utah is also an awful team i mean to be honest when it was 28 to 10 in the first quarter i honestly was like is this going to be another 50 point win or you know is this going to be another laugher and uh, lo and behold it wasn't and i think the blazers junked the game up enough Kyrie getting hurt also doesn't help um luca got bored that was, that was the maybe the, the real, newborn the newborn sleep schedule caught up to him tonight maybe i don't know well, it, it was interesting because i i was talking with my friend sean hyken and danny morang who both cover the blazers in portland they were at the game and during the game they're texting me and it's like all right this one's over luca's just because luca really takes one of the nice evolutions about luca's game this year i think in aggregate maybe not this game is that i think he takes pleasure destroying bad teams um, yeah. and he started out the first quarter pretty good, pretty, yeah. pretty good. I think 14 and in the first. Yeah. Yeah. Just another really good first quarter. And then after that, they, 
the Mavericks collectively kind of took their foot off the gas at points. The game got a little sloppy. Luca got this was the first game I can remember the double team actually affecting Luca. And I think that has more to do with Luca than anything the Blazers did. Cause he just, he looked a little, little out of it, a little weird. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Overall, I would say this was a game where you slog through it. You're happy. They get the W you're happy to hear after the game that, that Kyrie Irving was at the door, greeting teammates on his feet. He did not get, moved out of the arena in a wheelchair which was something the portland broadcast said uh and really threw mavs fans in a dither um but look unless like the mavericks confirm it just everybody just needs to relax with shit like that like they're not you know they're cagey about injuries okay not gonna sit here and act like they're not but can we not do the thing where we yell at boots on the ground reporters like Brad Townsend and like question their integrity? Can we just not do that, please, people? Yeah, yeah. I don't think this is a case of like someone from Portland was like lying or trying to drum something up. I mean, they probably no. just saw something they didn't know what they were seeing. Yeah. I mean, it's not either they maybe mistake mistook someone else for Kyrie, which isn't crazy, or maybe Kyrie was. You know, maybe they just wheeled him from. Like, Which is fine. Just, like, just for a little bit, care. just so he didn't have to walk. What I want to know is what his know? injury is. And if you can't tell me that tonight, then fine. Then I'll just wait till tomorrow. Yeah, there's I mean, no... The, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. dirty little secret about Kyrie that no one wants to actually talk about, and I don't understand this, is that his foot is not in a good place. It is a manageable thing. So when Dwight Powell's big 240-pound ass lands on it like that, you're going to freak out, and you should. I think let's just let's talk about the Dwight Powell of it all and then move on because I don't want to circle back to it repeatedly. What so you are a a staunch Dwight Powell defender in the sense of I am you think unabashed. Yes, and that's fine. I have kind of come around to that point of view. That said, what Dwight Powell did tonight was one of the most recklessly weird, pointless decisions I've ever seen him make on a basketball court. Like he wasn't near the play. He just jumped. I no. watched like six times. I tried to figure out what he was doing. Still have no idea. Yeah, that's from a guy that's been in the league almost 10 years. I know that his MO is hustle guy, mm-hmm. but that play was over. Not only was it, it was over in two ways. One, the ref called a foul for Kyrie, like for Kyrie, whoever fouled Kyrie. So the play was dead. So what he was going for didn't matter. And I understand in the heat of the moment, maybe it's hard to switch gears when you hear the whistle. But again, that that play was over, that play was dead. Second of all, it was also dead because he had no chance at the ball. None. Like there we're not zero. talking like fingertip yeah. length. We're no. talking like an arm's length. He, He's just out there spinning around, jumping yeah. and swatting and shit like a dummy. And it drives yeah. me crazy when he does that recklessly because yes. the offensive tip outs are not as great as the Mavericks announcers like to act like they are. And then when he does it on defense, he normally swats it back to the other damn team. So I don't, it just, look, we like Powell. We think he has a place in the game. What we know though, is that he really probably should only play limited minutes. And this was another one of these games where it became very clear to everybody. You know, we we talk about this almost every second game that the Mavericks do not have enough size. Markeith Morris had to come in and play center. His white Powell got so many fouls because Derek Lively had some really decision-making at times. It is what it is, but this is going to be a thing that bites them in the ass all year long. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and what's funny is Powell wasn't, I mean, he didn't have a great game, but he had some some moments. He had a couple of steals. I mean, he also, you know, he got burned on a couple of bad plays. And yep. Uh, but again, like I I feel bad because he's already the team punching bag, and mm-hmm. I am sure like I'm I'm hoping that I, Irving's injury is minor because if it's any if he if he's missing anything more than a game or two, um Dwight should just deactivate all of his social media because it's yeah. going to get it's going to yeah. get like outrageously ugly for him. But on the other end of the spectrum, like just because people shouldn't be idiot fans online and say you know vile things to to athletes they don't know, right? Um, that doesn't discount the fact that like it like we can be honest, it was a dumb play. Yeah. Like accidents happen, yes, but you don't you know as a professional athlete you have to know especially one that's been in the league as long as Dwight has, like you have to know when, when to go and when not to go. And it's not just that he hurt Kyrie. Like that's a dumb play. Even if he doesn't fall on anyone, he almost hurt himself. I mean, Mm -hmm. he fell right directly on his back, flipping over another player. Like that's just, you know, he could have hurt. He could have hurt a Portland player. He could have hurt himself. Like, that's just a very, that's a silly play that like an inexperienced guy would make like someone that hasn't been in the league long enough would make like Powell doesn't need to be making those types of plays almost 10 years in the league. Like he just doesn't. He doesn't. All right. So that's, that's the Dwight Powell of it all. We're over it. Um, it's a thing that happened on the court On to more fun things because the Dallas Mavericks did win. And the thing yep. that, that everyone should be taking away from this game, you have been kind of needling around it. You've mentioned it in multiple podcasts. You've been tweeting it. Dante Exum has made a case to be the third starter. Like it, Right, like Dante Exum yes. has made a case to to be in the starting lineup, like as a fixture. Yes, he has for sure. I think you know definitely helps to play Utah in Portland in back to back games, but uh, he's definitely showing why. Like we've said this over and over. You've said it. I've said it. We've talked about it on podcasts. We've written it on the site. Uh, our friend, our you know uh, Logan Thompson, who's written for us uh, in the past. Um, Shout out Logan, Logan, wherever you are, you disappeared yeah. on me. If you listen to this <laughs> podcast, please reach out. Yeah. Uh, he wrote about, he, he wrote a really good piece before the draft kind of making his case for why Anthony black would have been a good pick. Yeah. Basically talking about how like, and I've re- you know, I've also talked about this. The league is shifting. I think from like, I feel like for a while it was like three and D was the rage and you needed to surround your stars with three and D players because defenses were, were, sh- were shading off of non-shooters because remember there was like an era and it wasn't I mean it was long ago now but like Keith Bogans was like the starting two guard for the the Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls like those defensive first perimeter players that couldn't do a lick on offense but they played good defense like you could get away with it just the way the league was being played and then slowly as the three-point revolution kind of took over it was like oh we cannot play these types of got like one-way defensive-minded guys that much anymore you know, we need a guy that can play defense, but also hit an open shot. Well, defenses are evolving again. And I feel like they're taking those shots away. Like mm. they're finding ways to shade off, but then like, okay, we're just going to run this guy off the three point line. Cause he can't dribble. Like if the only thing he can do is spot up and shoot, we're going to make sure he doesn't spot up and shoot. Um, and I think we've seen that over time, despite the Mavericks offense being really good in the Luca era, there are times in the clutch where it's hurt them. And there's times in the playoffs where it's hurt them or high leverage situations or, against high quality opponents where, you know, Luca and being surrounded by, you know, four other guys that can't dribble or three other guys that can't dribble is not necessarily the key to success 
Um, even with adding Kyrie Irving, um, they still, you know, you still need more. And I've had some people push back that are like, well, no team in the NBA starts five point guards. And it's like, well, no, no, you don't need five playmakers. You don't need five point guards. You just need guys that can dribble and attack closeouts, which shouldn't be an outlandish uh, skill set for professional NBA, you know, professional basketball players. Um, So Exum is really showing that like, he's not like running pick and rolls. He's not an offensive hub, but his ability to kind of connect between the Luca, the stars, and then the rest of the, the non dribbling role players is really important. And his ability to attack secondary actions and closeouts not with a jumper, but with a hard drive and good passing ability, just really gets the team moving and gives the team some extra juice that I think makes it even harder for defenses to continually adjust on. And, you know, again, he's done it against two. We need to see him do it against good teams. His shooting is probably what will hold him back from doing this consistently against good teams. Like like teams better than Portland and Utah will make his his lack of scoring and lack of shooting pay for it. But again, you know, he was awesome. 23 points, made two threes. So if he's doing that, then he can be a really be a big fixture. But I really feel like that archetype of player, they just really need, you know, they don't need like this downhill point guard dynamo to be uh, a starter next to Kyrie and, and, and Luca, but just a guy with size that can pass and dribble. Like it just makes all the difference in the starting lineup compared to what we're used to seeing with Luca, which is guys that are, you know, just spot up shooters that once they have to dribble, it's, kind of chaos kind of a mess so yeah I, yeah i just he's playing so well at this point he's gonna make it hard for the coaching staff i think to go back to what what was happening before right because, Grant- yeah okay i was just gonna say because by the way the starting lineup with luca Kyrie, jones uh grant and lively has not been good overall this season nope. like that's a negative net rating for the season so i mean he's making a big case for for maybe a, a change there yeah, and I'd be fine with that. I mean, really, when you're talking <laughs> about the regular season, yeah. you're, you, you, there's so much of it that is is innings eating. Yes, for sure. We're just trying to figure out what can work, what can buy you things here and there. Because when you got guys that are as talented as Luca and Kyrie, when it comes to the real like tense money moments where you're trying to win a key game, you kind of know what you're going to get. It's about filling in the rest of those holes with existing players. And, you know, the having different options with Grant and with Exum and with Derek mm-hmm. Jones Jr. is is nice. It's, you know, there's been a lot of odd clamoring for um, Dorian Finney-Smith lately. And I think that's largely because he's bigger. But what he's also think- having a career year. Well, then you'd be adding to the pile yeah. is what you'd be doing there. You'd be adding to those because it's like you want to have as many of those guys as possible to be able to to soak up minutes and contribute in statistically positive fashion. So it's mm-hmm. it's nice to see him get his his you know kind of uh, get his flowers, so to speak. We'll see how long they can make it work. You know, they play Memphis, they play Portland a number of more times in the next few weeks. I think. <laughs> Yeah, they play uh, him again, I think, either next week or the week after. Yeah, so it's it's you know, it's one of these things where the Mavericks who who are gonna have these these opportunities to sort of stack wins, if certain players are, are you know are still going through I mean who always there's basically three three guys of the preseason rotation were out tonight in Josh Green, uh Maxi Kleba, who, who just doesn't feel like is ever coming back at this point, and Grant Williams. And so it's just yep. 
there's a lot of positive things going on despite the fact that that game was was a really ugly slog <laughs> yeah it really was and yeah i'm totally with you about like you know do you need to eat innings and you you saying that kind of made me think well you know they're winning they're winning yeah. games so do they need to make even if the starting lineup is like an aggregate trade no. yeah, do they do they need to make a change like maybe it just works with xm coming off the bench and playing the role that he does maybe you you keep that starting lineup and maybe hope hope you get some regression with William shooting and you just like, you know what, XM's fine, you know, playing where he is. And you just, you just roll with that. Um, I thought this was a funny game. D- did you look at like the two stats, the the points in the paint and the three-point shooting? Right. I know our man Jack tweeted about it. Uh, shout shout out to of, Jack for for yeah. noting the the bizarro Mavericks. Let's, let's <laughs> come, back, we'll come back to these stats yeah. in just a second. All right, we're at the roughly the halfway point in the podcast where I do – my now regular thing we have a fair number of viewers here in the show for an after midnight show if you wouldn't mind hitting the like on the stream we got 160 people in there 160 likes would be quite something for me if you would also consider while you're hanging out here subscribing to our show we do uh one of these podcasts after every single mavericks game i try to do a second show but with uh you know the the fan participation show where you guys can come talk with me up here just like josh's it's a real easy show but i i've not been doing them as much lately because i am simply trying to not pass out um new baby is making the whole family quite tired even though he's, he's pretty straightforward i will get better as the season goes along it's a long year we'll build um and you know if, if you do could consider leaving us a review leaving us a comment uh, on the stream um i would really appreciate that let's see here we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, before we start talking basketball again, I did want to note one more thing. Anybody listening on, on Apple, if you're listening to this later, I hope I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the Apple version of our podcast. Uh, our, our podcast distribution service is a button press thing where you click it and it gets sent out to the particular channels and it just never made it to Apple. And my boss at, at Blue Wire cannot figure out why either. Um, very annoying. So I'm working on that. We'll figure out what's going on there. All right. So talk to me about the two bizarro stats. <laughs> right. They're hilarious. Yeah. So the Mavericks, a team that normally for the last this season and last season, um, they don't get to the rim. And the only way they really win games is by making more threes than their opponents. Um, tonight, they lost. They got outshot at the three-point line by six threes. Portland made 18. The Mavericks made 12. Uh. And then... <laughs> But on the other hand, they outscored the Blazers in the paint 62 to 30. 
And I honestly cannot remember the last time the Mavericks had 60 or more points in the paint. Um, it's, I mean, that would be a fun stat to look up because it's, it has to have been a very, very long time. Um, so it was funny because they finally got to the rim. They finally scored in the paint, but they almost, they almost got Mavericked. Like they almost got three point shot variant. Like how many games have we seen the Mavericks win that we don't necessarily think looked like a sure thing because they just simply make more threes than everyone. Like uh-huh. even last season, they won 38 games. How many of those thir- even with only 38 wins, how many of those 38 were like really had no business winning this game, but, but you shot 45% from three and your opponent shot 10. Uh, that almost happened to them. And the Portland's a horrible three point shooting team, like one of the worst in the league. So uh, this was a weird, this was a weird game for sure. Right. Cowboy in the chat po- points out that Malcolm Brogdon, DeAndre Ayton, and Jeremy Grant were all out due to various injury reasons. And that's a reason why you want the Mavericks to take the Blazers a little more seriously. Because if they're a little yes. more talented, they might have actually swept past it. I mean, I, I could have sworn – I don't want to – Tumani Kamara, I think, was point-shaving. <laughs> like, that dude sucks. He what? was not – like, he was 6-20 of 20 from the floor, including 2-10 of 10 from three, and froze out Anthony Simons twice when that guy was on an absolute heater. I just – like, you feel bad for Chauncey Billups and for Portland fans to a degree because they have these guys, and it's just – I mean, that that team is – bleak like uh, jeremy grant's not you know he's a he's a bit of a gunner um and i think he wants to remain a gunner i don't think he cares about wins or losses to be quite candid deandre aiden is softer than baby shit um uh, sorry it's a mean comment but that dude i just i can't stand watching him like i he's awful um thank goodness uh the mavericks didn't have to draft him in 2008 and then thank goodness uh, they didn't trade for him this summer right no a thousand percent thousand could you imagine percent. if he'd be getting minutes over Derek lively oh right my god now? we'd be dying we'd be dying <laughs> lively is just so much more functional than him i mean aiden's a super talented player but talent right. doesn't mean anything if you can't put it into practice right um and then there's there was like where's one more guy oh god uh brogdon you said brogdon, oh, brogdon who i think is actually quite interesting but, but brogdon from every healthy from what everything i've heard he's he, i suspect he'll end up on a contender at some point this year but yeah. he's probably gonna be um he i i think he's a guy you like to have for like 30 to 40 games not 80 i think yeah. he's a bit of a i think he's a bit of a he, he apparently doesn't really get along with coaching staffs very well multiple mm-hmm. stops um and then there's the real elephant in the room with this team and the reason we're talking about portland guys is just i don't really know what more to say about the mavericks scoot henderson might be i i feel so gaslit about scoot henderson and i watched <laughs> scoot henderson basketball games but we're talking about a guy who i don't think I think he must have been so physically dominant for so much of his life that he doesn't know what to do with the NBA size and speed. He looks lost four of 17 from the floor with three assists and four turnovers for a point guard. Go away. What are you doing? Somebody said, send him down to the G league. And I I saw another response with what he was there all last year. What the Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, I thought he was gonna be. I mean, he looks amazing. Like he, he yeah. physical profile of Baron Davis. Yeah, just I thought he was gonna be a sure. I thought he was a sure thing. So I, I mean, but again, he's, he's only so, and he's young. Yeah, the and point guard is the single hardest position to play in the NBA. Yeah. But you just feel bad for the guy because it didn't look like I, when I I've seen four games with him this year, which is not a lot, but it's also four. 
he has not had any stretch where I said, oh, it's coming together. There's, oh, he's putting things together right now. There was a play in the first quarter where he should have slid over to help on a Kyrie layup, and he just watched. He was like, ooh, Kyrie. It was it was one of the more bizarre things, and there's been multiple instances of that happening with him this year where he's, like, smiling. Like, that's just uncomfortable. I, I think it just gives you more and more appreciation for a guy like Lively. Yeah, for sure. Also, situation help like I don't know if he's in the best situation right now to thrive playing. He's basically playing behind two like with Simmons and Sharp. I just don't know. Simons is only playing his Simons third game Sharp. though, so it's like yeah, yeah. True. And and Simons is just like I, I, you know who Simons reminds me of. He's like evolutionary Monta Ellis to me. Like he he's so small, but he shoots he's, so he's, well. He's three point era Monte Ellis. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not an insult. Monte no. was incredible. It's just like th- what what smaller guards, smaller scoring guards remind you. This is why passing is so damn important. Scoring smaller guards always remind me when you watch them over a long enough timeline just how important size ends up being. Yeah, just yeah. It, it over the over the whole course of the thing. So yeah, for sure. I don't know. What else in the world but, should we talk about I with mean, this game? Kamara, who you talked about, like 20 shots. So he's shooting 38% from the floor in this game. He was averaging six shots a game. Like for him to shoot 20 times is hilarious. I thought this game, one thing I want to say, you know, because we are running out of things to talk about, I think, because again, yeah. can't emphasize enough. Portland, this Portland roster that they put out is, was bad. <laughs> like it's a bad team at full strength and they're missing three of their, you know, top five or six players. So uh, extra, extra bad. It was kind of like Utah. Utah was also missing, what, two or three of their, their top mm-hmm. six. So yep. a bad team got worse, which is not a good recipe uh, for a competitive game. But one thing I want to credit, I don't know if it was a coaching decision or if it was more Portland ineptitude, but Simons had a little run at the start of the fourth, got the game down mm-hmm. to one point lead for the Mavs. It was 98, uh, 99-98. Uh, and then the Mavericks stepped on their throats from there. Like it was game over after that. And I thought what was really, you know, I was watching that that Simons run, and I was like, like every other player on the Trailblazers that's not Simons or Sharp, it's like an offense. It's it's not that just they're the only two that can score. The other players are offensive black holes. Like it's they're anemic. Like why are you letting one of the only two players that can do anything do something? And I was like, they gotta start trapping. They gotta play more aggressive they got a you know face guard they got a double team and lo and behold once it got down to 99 98 i feel like the mavericks kind of flipped the switch and were like oh yeah these other guys stink and they let kamara and they let wreath and they let jabari walker um and matisse Thibel like handle the ball and shoot and i saw Derek jones jr was like face guarding simons off the ball like denying passes and stuff like that and i, was I like, wish that was that i wish that happened more often, like there was an honest to God defensive adjustment in the middle of a game and it worked and it won. And I think, you know, kudos, but also let's, let's see that a couple more times uh, this season, please. Well, I, and, and follow well, I, I sort of wish follow well and, and Devin Harris would have commented on this because they seem sort of aghast that those other players were taking shots, but you're right. Like it was, <laughs> it was in no small part due to defensive adjustments. So yeah. Yeah, and like Luca, I think was guarding Kamara, and I don't know if you've ever seen an NBA player disrespect another NBA player more. Like I think of what would be fun if you guys could, if you have access to the replay, is maybe watch Luca guarding Kamara uh, in this game because he, 
he's like, all right, buddy, you know, you do you. You can take a spinning hook shot in the paint that you airball. Like, that's fine. We'll just we'll just take it and score. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy game. What a weird game. Well, the last Mavericks thing I think I'm going to bring up is is I want I, I don't think it's you know you ended the last podcast talking about how we don't discuss Luca's brilliance often enough. There have been multiple plays. This it's the same play, but every time I see it, I'm in awe. Where Luca is driving left, and he's got lively on the roll. And at this point, he's usually has one and one to one and a half guys on him, sometimes two committing and lively on the roll with the help defender or the first defender trailing in like an oh shit panic mode. Luca looks to the left corner for the three point shooter and throws an over the head oop, places the ball on top of the rim for lively to dunk. And it's just so gorgeous. And I just wanted to like say it out loud because <laughs> I remember when Luca was a rookie, I didn't think he could throw oop passes. Do you remember? Cause he like, he, yeah, I, do. I mean, he could, but it's like, he was getting used to the athleticism and like things would just kind of go awry. And now he just dishes it up there. So, oh, I mean, it's, it's really something to watch. I just, I, I love it so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, props to lively for like, feel like every game like gets better at screening gets better at the timing like when to go when not to go when to roll like they've got that synced up in a way that's happened so fast that i'm i'm a little stunned like uh uh, as talented as lively is um who's the uh i'm so sorry i forget his name but the the draft guy you talked to pre-draft uh that loved lively um Oh, oh my gosh, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head. You recorded a podcast with him. Yeah, a whole podcast. Like, this is my yeah, somebody I, in the somebody in the chat's gonna know. He's the one who told us we were drafting lively. He he runs he yeah. does a podcast with Mavs Draft. Yeah. Um let me see here. <laughs> so locked on NBA draft. What's the, what's my man's name? This oh, is just yeah. it's, it's just killing me. It's NBA big our guy is NBA bigboard.com. What is Rafael Barlow? God, yes, I'm, not Barlow. See, I'm not seeing him tweet in a while because he's been working. Like he's been yeah. overseas, like scouting guys. Sorry, Barlow, you're the man. I'm super yeah. tired. <laughs> yeah, he was all over it. Like he's he needs a victory lap. He was, what, what I what I need to see in these games where they're kicking the shit out of somebody is I need a lively three point attempt. That's what I need. <laughs> I need a lively. I need a lively pick and pop three, like Barlow said he was pretty good at, and I, I like the roof will come down. If Derek Lively sinks a three on a pick and pop, <laughs> yeah, that that would be nuts. Uh, but yeah, he was he's awesome. I mean, it's it, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, and it, and it feels even more ridiculous. Like when you see him on the floor, and then when they go to Powell or Morris or Holmes, and it's like, man, this dude cannot get hurt. <laughs> like if the Mavericks want to do something, like I yep. cannot believe that. Like outside of Luca, he the, a nineteen year old. Uh, center drafted technically outside of the top 10 is uh, your second most important player. Well, uh, it's just pretty rare. It's funny. You were kind of going to write about it. And then Meta decided oh, yeah. she was gonna, like Meta wrote a piece that came out yesterday. If you guys haven't seen it um, and she like, I should have added this out. I should have just done it, but it was like seven 30 in the morning when I, she like gives me credit for a line. Cause like I often will wake up in the middle of the night with baby stuff and just like say things into our slack. 
And she gives me all this credit in this beautiful piece that she wrote about Derek Lively and about the American big man that you should absolutely go check out on Mavs Moneyball. And like when Lively opened the game tonight, Luca gets doubled. He throws a um he throws a pass to Lively at the top of the key. Lively does not hesitate and goes and scores with the left hand. You <laughs> cannot stop the Mavericks on offense if that's what's going to happen. If he makes if he's able to make because that guy at the rim, I remember he was like, oh no. Oh no, I can't do anything here. This is great. Yeah, and I mean, when have the Mavericks ever had that in the Luke era? Someone no. that can catch that four-on-three double-team pass, and sc- like they've had guys that can make sure. the right read. I'm sure when Willie Collie Stein caught the ball, he had all <laughs> these dribble moves in his head that he wanted to do that never happened. Yeah. So, all right, I we got a question from JC, and I don't know how to answer it. Thoughts on Omax tonight? I didn't see Omax play very much because I was doing some baby stuff during it. But I every time Omax is on the floor, my main thought is Jesus, that dude is huge. What did you think? Oh, well, he only played five minutes. Um, I mean, he missed a wide-open corner three, uh, and then he got pulled, and he never got back on the floor. <laughs> kid kid um, has got no patience so. for these young guys because, like, like, this wasn't a Jaden Hardy game. He wouldn't have had anything to do, He, you know. But it's like Hardy didn't play, I don't think. I don't think uh, he was a DNP. No, he um, didn't. I don't think kid wanted him anywhere yeah. near Simons or Sharp no. defensively. So it's just like the short leash on these, on these guys, you understand it. Like you really do. You understand it. But at the same time, you wish the other Mavericks would take care of business better so that those guys could get opportunities with a little more of a cushion. Yeah. Yeah. This was a game. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if, if they took care of business a little bit better, um, those guys would have gotten some burn in the second half, which is valuable. But, uh, but also I feel like once Kyrie went down, this game kind of shifted from this needs to be, you know, a really easy, comfortable win to just win. Cause I'm sure like morale was not great after seeing Kyrie went down. Cause man, have you, I don't know if you saw the, like the replay, how, how many times you saw the replay. I mean, when I first saw like the replay, I was like, did, did his legs get broken? Cause like the way Powell landed like directly on it almost felt like his shins. Like, yeah. I, Oh, it was, I was, when he got up and was like limping around, I was like, thank thank goodness. Cause I honestly, the replay looked really, really gross. Like yeah. in terms of what it could have been, but we'll see what happens. Oh goodness. Okay. So before we get out of here, uh, it's been a while since we've, we've asked for, for non-basketball recommendations. What have you been doing with yourself other than the stupid basketball team? Um, <laughs> I don't have much to, to talk about. Oh, um, I've been playing. I beat, played and completed um, Super Mario Brothers Wonder for Ooh, the good. Switch, the newest Mario game. 2D classic Mario with some good twists. Um, every time I feel like Nintendo, like every Mario game just stacks upon itself. And I'm like, oh, okay, I've played like the best one. And then a new one comes out. I'm like, oh, okay, then now this is the best one. Um, <laughs> if you have a Switch, like absolutely play it. It's phenomenal. It's not too hard if you just want to play through the main stuff, but if you do the, the secret levels, there's some there are some devilish uh, challenges toward the end of that game. When I beat the to unlock the last level in the game, you have to like basically hundred percent everything, like collect oh. all the stuff, and then it unlocks like a secret level that's the hardest level in the game, but that doesn't have a lot of checkpoints. Uh, it t- I think I started with ninety nine lives. I beat it at like. 50 lives took me a few hours and when i beat it i felt like i won a championship and i was like fist pumping in the living room while megan was looking at me like i'm a lunatic outstanding but but yeah great 
phenomenal game. Recommend it. Uh, it has co-op uh, if you have little ones, and it's got some really good accessibility options. Like there's some characters that don't take damage. Um, if you play like as Yoshi, you don't take damage. So like if you have a little one that's new to games, uh, I think that's uh, a perfect opportunity to, to gateway them in. So that sounds nice. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to recommend. I only watched one episode of it, um, but I did this last night while feeding the baby at like one in the morning. Uh, Netflix has a series out called Blue Eye Samurai. Um, it's ten episodes, I think. Might only be eight. Uh, I don't watch a lot of animated stuff because I don't really just don't. I, <laughs> and I watch first episode and I'm like, I want to watch second episode, even though I'm about to die. Um, so so that is is I, I just I have to throw that out there. I know you don't watch a lot of stuff, yeah. but man, between this and Invincible, do you need to be watching more animated stuff? Because there seem to <sighs> you seem to be getting a kick. Invincible is also fast. as 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 Brian says, Blue Eye Samurai is gas. So is Invincible. <laughs> But I, I don't, it's a good writing. Just, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I am all, I also told you this the other day. I think it wasn't even on the show. I don't think, um, Godzilla minus, minus one. I have to go this weekend. I, cannot, I learned today that movie cost $15 million to make, and it looks better than any blockbuster I've seen this year. Good Lord. So Just make more of those, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's Kirk and Josh recommends. We'll be back on Monday because somehow we have two more days without games. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna record a, a group therapy or I'm sorry, a mass party tonight because I'm whooped and I have to coach a basketball game at eight in the morning. Like oh. yeah. you know, my son will be psyched and all the kids will be ready to go, but I'm gonna be toast. Jordan points out that Monarch on Apple TV is good. I love all Apple TV stuff, but it is um Everything on Apple TV feels like it is a giant money laundering scheme where they're just like, they spend so much money on this stuff. And it's like, like, okay, we're just going to throw a billion dollars at Kurt Russell to seriously play. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We will um, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, maybe I'll do an, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to do another show. Why would I say that? Um, and if anybody knows anything about how to help me with this stupid Apple problem, shoot me a message. Uh, but then again, if you're not hearing this on Apple, how would you know to help it? I just went and checked our podcast from the other day had 700 downloads. We normally get like 2000. So that's how much uh, uh, our Apple audience is. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, everybody be good. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the uh, the NBA uh, midseason tournament tomorrow. That is fully rigged for LeBron James and the Lakers um we'll talk soon everybody enjoy your weekend go Mavs